And it, 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 it's tough for me because I see how differently people are treated. I'm talking about when you have peaceful protesters that are met with tear gas and full on military force so that someone can go and take a photo in front of a church with an upside down Bible. But then you have people who are coming in with improvised explosive devices, who are coming in with spears and swords and pitchforks and guns and, and zip ties. And they're taking selfies with them. Welcome to 3D View, one conversation, three different perspectives. I'm Lamondre Pugh. I am David Perez. And I'm Richard Strice. Thank you for joining us. January 6th, for most Americans, and I would dare say many people around the world, was a day that none of us had ever seen before. And many of us had never imagined that it would really be a thing. I'm talking about the day when terrorists attacked the U.S. Capitol. And their goal was to stop the peaceful transfer of power through the certification of the ballots that were cast in the 2020 election. Many in the media and many people throughout the nation are saying that these attacks on the U.S. Capitol were instigated and encouraged by the sitting president, Donald John Trump. And we really want to take this time to discuss it. There are so many different aspects that we could come from this. There are so many different perspectives uh, that we could have, but that's what this show is about. The show is 3D View. It's one conversation, three different perspectives. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So gentlemen, January the 6th, the nation cap, the nation's capital being overrun uh, by a mob. Yeah, frightening. Uh, certainly a day that will live in infamy, not to quote a distant, uh, similar sort of tragedy that the country has seen. Something I think no one ever believed we would ever see. Images of the Confederate flag being run through the state capitol. Something that was as actually never, ever happened and was actually averted the first time it happened during the, uh, during the time that the British actually burnt down the capitol. Have we seen something as dramatic as this? But uh, during the Civil War, we were able to block the uh, the Confederates from getting into the Capitol, and it seems that we weren't able to do that this time, or at least the emblem of the Confederacy. So shocking, just 
really, and you know, Lamondre, like you said, just so many different angles to talk about this. And it was a mob. It was a mob that comprised of many different people from all walks of life. And I think that's one of the things that makes it even more shocking and surprising. You had individuals of all levels of education, individuals of all professions, attorneys, doctors, civil leaders, elected officials, running the entire gamut, all the way to hourly hardworking individuals trying to support their families. And for whatever reason, all of them were compelled to feel that this was something that was necessary or, or essential. One thing I think it's important to point out is that it was a horrible and egregious act to our democracy and to all of us. But not everyone that was in that demonstration actually got into the Capitol. And so some of them were complacent in their preventing of it, just standing there observing it, and maybe thinking that was a line that they didn't want to necessarily cross when they started actually breaking windows and tearing doors down and jumping in. Because there were quite a lot of people, but not all of them got into the Capitol. I think it's only fair to say that it was a mob spurred on by words from, uh, from the commander-in-chief, our elected uh, president, but ultimately executed by individuals who I think anyone would label as extremists in regard to the level of destruction and deliberate intent to disrupt a legal congressional activity with the sole intent of doing that, as well as property and harm to individuals. What's interesting is that some of the news I've heard, and I don't cater to any one news outlet. I listen to all um, outlets that I can, not only just domestically, but internationally as well, because I try to get as much as a large perspective from all points of view and try to digest an opinion based on what I hear from everyone. I think that's only prudent and, and fair to myself in making a, a, a valid opinion. I think it's wrong to necessarily listen to only one news source. I think it's important to understand and get a perspective from all news sources. And, and interestingly enough, foreign news sources. I, I think sometimes I get the most accurate rendering of news from foreign news sources. Not all the times, but some, but sometimes it's in, interesting. You get a very interesting perspective that you don't necessarily hear. It's a third perspective than the than the opinions that you hear either from the left or from the right here in the U.S. So I, I think it, and that's why I give it some level of validity in regard to digesting, hearing, and understanding, and digesting. So with that, you know, there is certainly some interesting things that that have come up. And one is that this wasn't necessarily just a mob frothed up there on the day as more of a strategically planned event by some professional activists that took mm -hmm. the opportunity of the heat of the moment to execute a plan that they had been planning for months. And this is something that's now coming out. And, and we're only in the infancy of hearing the hows and the whys behind all of this. Again, 
there are just so many different levels to to this egregious act against our democracy that I think everyone would agree is something that we can't just let go by and we need to react to prevent from ever happening again. It certainly is a litmus test to where we are as a people and as a society at this point in time. And it's hard to draw parallels from the past and parallels of what's going to happen in the future, predict what's going to happen in the future. We're really in a unique place where we as a country have stretched stretched our democracy to its limit, and we'll see if it snaps or if it can actually withstand it and bounce back as it has in the past. We are a resilient people. No matter what, I think we as Americans are an extremely resilient people, and we will come back from this. We'll be stronger. I, I think the three of us actually listened to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Schwarzenegger's video on this that has had millions of views already. And I think the analogy he has of annealed steel, of hitting it, putting in the forge, putting in the water, I think there's a lot of truth to that about us and our democracy. Our democracy still is really in its adolescence in regard to comp compared to other global governments. And so I think what we're doing is going through that process of annealing and making stronger and making it better for the future. Yeah. One, one thing that, that, that I would like to talk about is the fact that we were all basically on, on cloud nine thinking 2020 was over. Everything was better. And, and I say this coming from Costa Rica, right? Being completely away from what happened, but it really was like a grounding moment, letting us, letting everyone in the world know, and pretty quickly in 2021, that we're still in this, right? That 2020 was not just a year that ended in, in the 31st of December, or that we, we're, we have a clean slate. Absolutely not. We have a lot of work to do because there's everything that happened on 2020 is going to have repercussions. It's going to have a ripple effect across the world. And of course, in, in the US, mostly because the US has suffered from neglecting a lot of people for a lot of time. And all of those groups are angry at the system. And now the system's trying to control this. And I, I understand that urge to, to try to make people understand that this is not right, that you cannot be against democracy and go get away with it. Do something so blatantly absurd and post pictures of yourself on social media and pretend like nothing happened. But I would also like to bring to the conversation a, a time in Costa Rican history that something like this happened. And I know that when we think about Costa Rica, it's always a Pacific country that has a very stable political system. And that's mainly true. And the reason for that, I think, stems from this event that happened in the 1800s, I think, when we were fighting for our independence. There was a group from our independence from Spain. There was a group of people that thought that we should remain part of a kingdom 
and there were others that thought that we should become a state, a, a full-fledged country. The ones that wanted to remain part of a kingdom, since Spain was not going to keep us anymore, they had to find another one. So they found Mexico, the kingdom of Mexico, and they decided to fight about it. And there was a civil war. Of course, the scale is absolutely small. Almost no one died, if you take into consideration the amount of people. But there was a big fight. And in the end, the people that won were the ones that were in favor of becoming a country. So they had to decide what to do with the insurrectionists, the ones that were against the state. And in those conversations, there was a, a very wise man that told them, so you want to kill them. If you want to kill them, you don't kill them with guns. You bury them and leave their heads outside of the ground and have the dogs come and eat them. So, of course, everyone was like, no, we don't want to be so... So barbaric? Or... Bad about it, yeah. <laughs> so barbaric. And he was like, if you're not willing to do it like that, then don't do it at all. Hmm. Because what you're going to be sowing is a lot of hatred from their children, who are then going to rise again, from the children of their children, who are then going to rise again. So you have to treat them with a little respect, because in the end, they had their ideals, they had their own concerns about what they thought was the best thing to do. So you have to punish them, because they need to understand that this is not okay. But you don't have to punish them absolutely, because that's only going to sow a lot more hatred, and from hatred comes division, and from division comes more problems like this ones that we were seeing in the US. So the fact that they decided to just basically remove them from their houses, <laughs> they moved them from one part of the country to another part of the country when traveling was very hard, they were basically exiled mm -hmm. from their families. And that was enough because they could still be visited. They could still be accompanied by their family members and nothing ever happened again like that in Costa Rica. Hmm. I think there's a lot to learn from that peaceful reaction to a situation and that might be a good perspective to take into consideration when we're talking about this because I know that US citizens, you guys included, are very angry that this can happen and angry at the people that provoked it and angry at the people that actually went inside and did those horrible things. And there's reason to be angry, but there's also reason for sense in, in the fact that we need to strategize a little bit and think about the future of the country, of the, of the United States as an union. Yeah. Really good. Great story there. And I love the example of it. But I will tell you, we, we, we had a civil war here in the U.S. as well. And the side that lost never really quite understood that they lost. And this is why you have the Confederate flag being paraded through the Capitol in this insurrection. Okay? And the other piece of that is 
at the end of that civil war, extreme kindness was showed to the Confederates. Extreme kindness. In fact, the whole war was fought. I know people will say states' rights, but it was about states' rights to own slaves, to own other people. That's what it was about. And I don't care how history tries to, or, or the writers or rewriters of history try to try to dress it up and make it pretty. The truth is that war was fought over the rights of human beings to own other human beings. And what did the U.S. government do after that? They paid those people who owned other people because of a loss of property. But there was never any kind of anything given to those who were previously owned. And so while I, 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 I love the example that you gave with Costa Rica, David, in the U.S., those who were really bore the brunt of such brutality, of such hatred, of such barbarianism, are now being asked again, along with other people, to show some kindness. And I understand it because we are, we need to appeal to the better part of us. Because obviously that's not what happened on the other side. So you can't, you, you can't in, in good faith meet that kind of hatred with the same kind of hatred. I, I get that. I, I fully get that. And I'm not advocating for that at all. But I think that we have to be serious in our approach when we say there has to be some kind of consequence for these actions, because if there is not consequence, if there is not consequence for this action, really all that was preparation and practice for the big one that's coming. And you know, it, 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 it's tough for me because I see how differently people are treated. I'm talking about when you have peaceful protesters that are met with tear gas and full on military force so that someone can go and take a photo in front of a church with an upside down Bible. But then you have people who are coming in with improvised explosive devices, who are coming in with spears and swords and pitchforks and guns and, and zip ties. And they're taking selfies with them. They're being escorted into the building. It's what Richard said. You realize then that this was a coordinated thought out, planned out event. And yes, there have may have been thousands of people in the background that they weren't down with the breaking into the Capitol and whatnot. They really thought they were going to just stand out there and go rah, rah, shish, boom, bah. You know, that's what they thought they were going to do. But no, 
there was a point of that spear. There was a tip of that spear that had other ideas who knew exactly what they went in there for and had the plans to do so. They erected a noose and a scaffolding on the west side of the state capitol. They chanted, hang Mike Pence. So when we started thinking about how we move forward, and we absolutely have to think about how we move forward. My thinking is we have to move forward without the rose-colored glasses on, without the concept of very good people on both sides, because those people who broke into the Capitol, even if they got whipped up in, in, into the heat of the moment, there still has to be severe consequences for those actions. And I'm not saying that we should line them up and shoot them. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying we, we have to do this in a way that democracy stands strong and that we're not, we cannot be the company that co-signs this foolishness, in other words. And so, am I angry? Yes, I'm angry. Do, do, do I feel like if there was not an example of two Americas, this should be your greatest example of it because we saw it played out and we've seen these things played out. I hate when I hear the equivocations of what happened as a result of the protest when people's lives have been taken by the police in this country and very little has been done about it. And then you compare that to this, it's a false equivalence. It's a false equivalence. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you and I agree that we need to be very strategic in our approach as to how we do how we deal with this, but we also need to be swift and we need to be exact. Yeah. I, I think one of the one of the things in, in regard to going after those individuals is that the FBI was immediately that same day they were already starting to investigate and hunt down the individuals, especially the ones that were on pictures and on social media and so forth. And they're going through the cameras that were throughout the building, identifying individuals. And they've made, to date, that we're recording this, I think they've made 90 plus arrests already of individuals. And so there, there certainly is a reckoning in regard to that. And that's just the individuals themselves. But going beyond that, there's corporations that are now identifying individuals that are their employees and taking action there, uh, disciplinary or removing um, from employment. There are sanctions that companies are doing on individuals and organizations that were associated with this. I think it's interesting that we see, and again, this is what I mean about how we're stretching to the limit of the democracy in, in, in regard to how we all react to it as a people, as a, as a country all aspects of it, the political, business, civil, and otherwise. And, and it's, we are really truly, truly split with that, some level of fraction, whether it's a minority or, or it is a minority, but how big is that minority, I guess, is what um, 
is is somewhat up in the air in regard to how staunch is that uh, is that minority? Are we talking about the rabble of, of ultimately a couple hundred individuals that are that are the you know professional activists, if you will, the ones that are going out, and or is it more? Is it really truly an army of, of thousands and thousands of individuals? It's that is something that ultimately is not, I think, completely known, at least not publicly or immediately out there. I mean, I think everyone, myself included, have, have opinions about that. But in regard to the fact, it's certainly to be seen. But there's certainly action happening. And, and even at the, at the political level, when dealing with the impeachment, which those hearings are going, as we're recording this, those impeachments or hearings are going on right now. And there's a, there's a lot to be said about the actions of that and cleaning the slate and allowing the new administration to come in to do their good work for the peoples that we desperately need. I, I think we need to look at what happened and prepare very seriously for the things that are going to continue in happening. And Lamondre, to your point, you, you're right, you can't compare what happened It's farcical to see the double standard that exists. It is just, it, it's plain for everyone to see. It's in plain sight, the extreme privilege that exists um, between the standards of how one group is treated versus another. And how much of that, I've, I, when I've heard stories, and again, there's a ton of stories because this is all happening in real time in regard to history. As time goes on, history will be able to, in hindsight, be able to see exactly what happened and how. But certainly I've heard stories where the National Guard actually was sitting, standing by, but they were never allowed to come in. And that is disturbing. The, there was a lot of information about how serious this preemptive strike was going to be, given the guise of it being a mob. So it's not, and, and a lot of this was out on social media prior, and a lot of agencies knew and understood, but they lacked the final permission because it's a state property, because of the legality of the location of the capital itself, they have to be asked to go in. They can't just go in uninvited. And that is what never happened. And that is what is even more disturbing than anything else. And again, that's information. How true that is, I, I don't know. Again, time is going to tell about the reality of all that. But that's certainly information that I've heard about from a couple different sources, not just one. And, and so it's interesting how troubling, how really truly disturbing how and why the actions were allowed to transpire the way they did without any sort of interaction. It was six hours during the course of that. And at the end, I think it was very important that the House came back. When all, after they had cleared, they weren't going to allow it to disrupt them. They weren't going to allow this to interrupt the people's work. They came back and they did and executed com yeah. com completely what needed yeah, to have happen. A, a connection issue right there. And you know what? I, I agree that it is good to see that they still continued to certify the election results, 
even after a full day of being under siege, that the process of democracy, that the institution of democracy still stood even after, even after people's lives had been threatened and undoubtedly some people had lost their lives at that point. So it does help us to realize that our institutions are strong, that our institutions are robust. Even, even though we saw an example of how fragile we are as well. And I think that helped to, if nothing else, it helped to realign that this democracy is fragile and that there has to be faith and a commitment to ensuring that our institutions stand. A part of sustainability is trust and a shared set of values. Those are key elements in sustainability. And I think to Richard's point, and I think to Richard's point, the fact that those, that, that certification of those votes still carried on is a real testament to the commitment that even if we don't agree all the time, that the majority of those that we have elected to represent us still hold true to those institutions being of value. Yeah, at least at, at some level, there's still some ingrained respect for democracy more, more than anything else, because it's a very thin line the one that democracy hangs from. It can break at any point when any part of society starts to lose trust. And we have talked about this. Trust is an essential part of living in society because basically the reason that society exists is because there's a social contract. But if it keeps being broken from one side being more favored than the other when we talked about equality or all of those types of things keep happening that those thin lines that connect democracy start breaking and when all of them break democracy is no more and i i think what could have happened if trump had more support inside the Senate. If they really wanted, they could have overturned the election. Yeah. And there would have been nothing to do. They could have done it legally, quote unquote, and make, made it legal, as it has happened in many other countries, like Venezuela, like Cuba. And, and he could have stayed in power against the people's choice. There were a few people that were against him or were more pro-system than he thought, and he lost that battle. But the thing is that even if Trump is impeached and if he can't run once more, because we know he will run once more if he's allowed to, there's 
always going to be a chance for someone else to do this. And we need to understand that's a, that's a possibility all the time. So we need to be vigilant. We need to be very vigilant and trust the system. And if you don't trust the system, work the system to make the system better, not work against the system. Because if you don't do that, then you're going to break what you hold dear. That's democracy. I'm not saying that democracy is the best thing that's out there, because there probably is a better way of doing government. But we don't know it yet. So if we want something better, let's build it together. And, and let's find consensus and just build back better. <laughs> really build back better. It's, it's, there's nothing else that we can do. And again, this was a wake-up call for every single one of us to remember that life keeps going on. Even if you're celebrating with your family on, on January 1st, we, we still need to work. We still need to make the world a better place. We, we still need to fight for what we think is right and try to take that fight within the system. Because I, I really believe that if, if the farm is getting rotten from the inside, there's nothing you can do from the outside. You're only going to see it rot and break. So political participation is going to be very important for all of us that are angry to take part in this and make things better. But we need to make it from within. Yeah. And in a peaceful, civil way. Yeah, of course. It's interesting. Ben Franklin often referred to democracy as the divine civil experiment and a work in progress. And I think that's very true. The democracy is a living entity. It's ever evolving and having to continually adapt to the times and to, to, to the times. We live in very different times than we did two, three hundred years ago. And as a result, we've had to make slight adjustments to, to democracy, to, to our sacred documents, to the constitution as time has gone on. And, and and we will continue to do that. We will have to continue to do that, to adapt and to mold and to... It's not wholly perfect because we're not a wholly perfect people. No one is. <laughs> this is the curse of, of our species. We are an imperfect, we are imperfect beings. And, and so as a result, we're not always gonna get it right. We will try very hard to do the best we can, but it's sometimes, we may miss the mark. And I think this is one of those periods in times where we can, where we can say we may have missed the mark. How did we get here? We got here from, for a number of different reasons, for four years of complacency. This didn't happen overnight. And, I think it's and really, it's, it's more than four years. It's more than four years of complacency. This is just a catalyst of many societal ills coming to head at the same time. And, and so we just have to, we have to let cooler heads prevail. 
and let the serious thinkers examine and come to a to to some sort of solution and resolution as to how we can all move forward in a way that is unifying and together be proud of what we're doing as Americans. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that we must go back to the ideals that were set forth in the Constitution and the idea that the very country was founded on, that it was about our institution. It was mm -hmm. about the... It was really not about personality, not about mm -hmm. charisma, right. not about an mm -hmm. individual, but it's about country. That it's not about yeah. party. It's not about allegiance to a, a, a political ideology, but it is uh, about the institution of democracy and what that means. And really, and really live up to that standard. Because we realize that not everything goes your way. Your, your guy or girl doesn't always win but the institution is what holds. And so I think we have to make a real commitment to that. And I think we have to make a real commitment to decency. We've talked about the decline of decency before, but making a real commitment to decency and what that means. But that also means that we have to have real consequences when those things are not upheld, when those things are violated, when those things are when those things are no longer valued. So I believe that I, we will recover from this. We will move on for this. Do I believe that some other things may happen? Absolutely. I think that they're planning for other events to happen soon. Uh, but I believe we will, we will get through this. I believe we will survive this. And I believe that the better of us will prevail. As David touted President-elect Joe Biden's uh, slogan, build back better. So yeah. that's the goal, to build back better. And I will tell you, we did not expect this to be our first show uh, of the new season <laughs> at all. But, hey, that's the way that things are. And ultimately, I know that a part of our goal is to present different perspectives, is to present different viewpoints and how we see the world. And honestly, this is just what's going on in the world right now. So welcome to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening and we so appreciate your time. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on 3D View. Make sure to visit our website, ruglobal.com slash 3D View. That's ruhglobal.com slash 3D View. Or you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts or join our YouTube channel so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we appreciate it if you would leave a like or comment or simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help us a lot too. If you would like to join our conversations, you can join our Facebook community, 3D View, 3 Perspectives, 1 Conversation.